You ever been to Rhode Island? I think a majority of people have not been to Rhode Island. That's kind of the whole point, is that it's like a fucking block, right? It's literally just a square on the map. You know, the, the thing is, I, I just want to go to Rhode Island just to say I've been there. That makes one of us. If there was a place that you wouldn't go and you'd go to Rhode Island instead, where would you go? Hmm. Alabama. Alabama? A hundred percent. Really? Oh, yeah, they wouldn't accept me there. Like, it would be impossible to find any possible, like, sexual partners. I mean, I don't have any relatives in Alabama, dude. Did you hear about the whole fucking porn thing in Rhode Island, by the way? There's a porn thing in Rhode Island? Oh, yeah, dude. They set up a filter. Um, it's like a state like a state law thing now. A state law porn filter in Rhode Island. Oh, no. It's, it's, it's probably going to pass. But it is, it's like um, it makes it so that uh, it's, it's like a state-mandated filter by all ISEs to block all uh, pornography of any kind or, like, sexual content. And citizens can opt out of it. By paying a one-time $20 fee to the state. Can you I mean, imagine writing that check? Not only are your rights being infringed upon, but you're signing a piece of paper with your own name that says, yeah, I want to masturbate, thank you. And mailing it to your legislator. <laughs> you send your legislator, like, hey, uh, I really, really like Yuri. <laughs> and I just got to have this, okay? <laughs> just writing, like, the memo line, just, like, your fucked up tastes, like, uh, yes, $20 and zero out of 100 cents, signing my name, Austin Smith, and memo, Futanari Hentai, and just mail that shit in, like, uh, there's a line below it, secondary. Milk. Like lactation shit? Dude. Like chocolate lactation shit. This is Two Guys, Two Buys, and One Why. The hilariously unprofessional show and hilariously underbudgeted show as well. I'm Jason Clinton. And I'm Austin Clinton. No, no relation. And we also would like to state that we did not have any sexual relations with that woman. And those are not our emails. A little bit of a disclaimer from the last episode that we had. Uh, I, we, we, we totally forgot to put it at the start. We are not professionals at whatsoever. We, we're barely researched at all. And honestly, like we're not sure why we even do this show. So if there's anything that you disagree with with us, you're probably correct in some way because we're kind of both pieces of shit. Yeah, but I mean, you know, anyone who disagrees with me is just patently wrong. I. There were some things you were wrong about. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, argue with that. All right, we got our usual lineup of two buys and one why, but something a little bit lighter for the palates this time. Even though we did talk about chocolate milk Alabama earlier. Regardless, since I started off last week with my buy, I think it's your turn, Austin. Let's go. All right. Ooh, you're passing it to me. Hell yeah. All right, dude. Ooh, get ready to get excited, man. I'm going to make you a bisexual. Um, so 
Actually, uh, I'm uh, I'm a non-binary. As in B-U-Y-N-A-R-Y? Yeah. So anyways. <laughs> Alright, here's my purchase fluid suggestion. Um, We all saw it. Everyone saw it. We gotta talk about it. Alright. Super Smash Brothers 5. God, I... That was... That trailer that that came out from the Nintendo Direct was one oh, of yeah, the, with more... the kids and squids. Yeah, with the, well, yeah, with the kids and squids, of course. But you gotta admit that's one of the more intense Smash Brothers trailers they've had thus far. Oh yeah, dude, it was fire. Yeah, it was literally actually no, it's just the Aurora Borealis. <laughs> yeah, dude, the Aurora Borealis. I I have high hopes for this one. It it looks like the way that they're marketing it seems to be more intense and more towards a slightly older audience, even with the. Uh, with the uh, even with the uh, kids and the squids ish uh, part with it. See, I do think it's interesting that in the trailer there were kids and then there were squids, and then there were kids. Yeah, there's just something to note. I think with the way they presented it. Other than with um, the kids and the squids, though, who, who, what are you? What else are you excited about with Smash this year? <laughs> I, know, I have an inkling that it's going to be pretty good. Um, Shut the fuck up. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think that you are right. Uh, I, I definitely think that it's like going to be a more intense game i think that like they've heard a lot of complaints from uh you know the wii version and then uh the the, the wii u like the super smash brothers 4 where people were saying that it was like too floaty you know not as intense as like the melee version mm-hmm. so i think that this is like kind of a very intense take on it um i I feel like I am the only person who is actually a fan of, like, the subspace emissary, aside from the dude who wrote, oh, like, the 300 no. million page fucking fanfic. I, I, no, I, I fucking love the subspace emissary as well. That was, okay, that cool. was so Because, like, I really hope that they bring something like that back. Like, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the, uh, the like, Mario Party-esque elements they did with uh, Smash 4. But I did really like having a good, like, single-player... Um, sort of like challenge or like not even challenge like just a story that was kind of cohesive to play through and just kind of like let you tie everything in like you were sitting there like a fucking kid with his action figures playing with everything like oh and then samus showed up to fight with mario (laughs) and like it makes no sense but it's like you don't give a shit because you're just sitting there giggling to yourself like (laughs) yeah I, i definitely just beat him as meta knight you know you're like just sitting there giggling to yourself and I don't know, it's, I am very hopeful, I would say, about this game, because I, I do think that it's going to be a bit more intense, so all those fucking melee tryhards will shut up finally. Hey, come like on, you. man. Yeah. <laughs> hey, why, why you gotta do me like this? <laughs> but then I also do hope that they, like, keep it fun and, like, fucking goofy, like the Subspace Emissary. I don't think the Subspace and... Emissary was, like, that goofy either. I, I'm not oh, saying no, it's I know. fucking, no, like... I, I, don't get me wrong. It wasn't like fucking lollipop chainsaw like bullshit over the top goofy. Yeah. But it was something. Like it was it, it you got to you got to look at any game that involves Kirby and Solid Snake and think that it's maybe not the most serious in tone. It's not, but like I I I it's just I appreciate the references they put throughout that entire thing too. Me too. And the, honestly, the platforming aspects were pretty well done. And they translate a lot of that into, like, Smash Run and shit in 4. That's and true. And I did like that. 
Um, but like, I, I don't know. I, I missed the, uh, the structure in a way, you know, that let you go from fire emblem, to fucking metal gear, solid, uh, Kirby's dreamland, like that shit, just jumping from place to place, like the dumbest quantum leap ever. <laughs> we just talked about quantum leap too. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Scott Baculin and Sino, man. They're going to make an appearance in every episode. Oh, yeah. uh, I, uh, I'm cool with having a Frasier quota with every episode, man. <laughs> anyway, uh, but my biggest thing, yeah, the biggest takeaway yeah. that I think would make this a game of the year contender, and it's just it's one thing they really do need to work on. Um, it's King DDD. <laughs> You gotta let me ramp up to it, alright? But yeah, it's King DDD, okay? They need to have King DDD. He's the best character, Jason. I know he's the right? best character. It's just, it's he's very obvious be- it's King DDD. I'm just saying, dude. I'm just saying. No DDD, no me, me, me. Alright? I'm uh, not getting it if there's no DDD. That's that's fair. That's, a- my, that's my call to action. I, I am sending this shout out to all five people who are gonna listen to this. No DDD, no me, me, me. If they don't have, if they don't have King DDD... Don't buy that fucking game. Let Nintendo know. You know, write letters. Just, just like, send them mean-spirited tweets. Just do whatever you can to make sure that they know that the fans are not happy without King DDD. And by the fans, I mean pretty much only me. A little bit on the competitive side of Smash. I think I didn't think that Smash uh, 4 was that bad. I thought it was pretty good uh, competitive. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, yeah it was, the DDD meta was great in Smash 4. It was super fun. Um, his was... side B was definitely much more like responsive and reliable uh, in Smash 4 than it was in uh, Super Smash Bros. Wii. Um, plus, to throw in the fact that like heavy characters just kind of got a, a relatively big spike in power with it being a uh, kind of like a, a little bit less floaty than the Wii. I think that was, uh, you know, it just DDD just does great in every game. Uh, honestly, he's he's just he's fantastic, and I think we should uh, get more of him. Jason, hello. I hate you. How can you hate me when I'm right? So, anyways, <laughs> on the uh, competitive aspect of Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. Uh, 4 was a vast improvement competitively um, compared to Brawl, in my like opinion. Not many oh, yeah, people played definitely. Brawl um, competitively as much as 4, I believe. I don't have any statistics on that or not, but it's uh, it was pretty it was pretty good. Um, well, Brawl really suffered in the competitive scene, but I think it's it's interesting if you look at it in terms of the timing of it. Um, because, I mean, esports were around then, but they were nowhere near as big as they were when Smash 4 came out, you know? Well, that's true, but uh, mechanically, too, it was just not uh, yeah. fun to play competitively. That's fair. And I do feel like a large portion, not not like an insane amount, but enough to influence a large amount of things in 4, or sorry, in, in, uh, in Brawl, were very RNG based. While there are a couple of things that kept in four RNG based, you know, you got your game and watch, uh, you got your villager, uh, you know, like it's slightly RNG based, but it's not as luck of the draw a lot, I think. Um, 
And so I, I think that's a, a big improvement is they did kind of go more towards competitive integrity with four um, rather than brawl, which was just kind of a, it was really arcadey and a lot of fun, but it was just a bit of a shit show, you know? Taking Smash 4's trailer versus the new Smash 5 trailer from the recent Direct, it looks a lot more intense. It looks polished. Oh, yeah. It looks it looks more like a fighting game. Oh, yeah. The and way, honestly... Oh, sorry. Continue. The way that it was advertised previously was a mix of both competitive and a party fun game, as opposed to before when it was just advertised as a party fun game. Oh, yeah. And now it looks like they're leaning more into the competitive side of it now, which is really oh, interesting because yeah. the just from like the intense way the fire like was shown above Mario's like silhouette, I sound like I'm narrating like the gayest fan fiction ever. But, uh, <laughs> you know, and Mario takes off his shirt and whoa, he actually has nipples. But uh, Luigi says, but we're brothers. And Mario says, shh. <laughs> yeah. And. The faint sound in the darkness as a coin is heard. The coin sound effect. Talk about a, a real hard wahoo. <laughs> We're going to be taking off iTunes in like two more episodes, I'm pretty sure. If not, then this one. Regardless, hey, though. Um, it looked a lot more intense. The like, Especially with the way that the title card was was very sleek in the way that it like came together Mm -hmm. i I, it feels more geared towards again competitive integrity like you said yeah that's that's something i'm really hyped about i i am a competitive person and i like playing competitive games this is a fun thing for me and seeing one of my favorite competitive games uh start gearing towards this side of the audience just how you say moistens me austin Ooh, gets you going just a little flustered huh you know the the little rev up and roll Ooh, out the, the booty butterflies yeah <laughs> yeah dude <laughs> you know the the sphincter shakes dude oh yeah dude I, I do think they would be really dumb to not go into this thinking about the competitive aspect because the competitive scene for smash has just exploded like you got names like you know you got uh Leffen, you got Mango, you got my boy Plup. You know, you even got uh fucking half of the sweet life of Zack and Cody involved, you know? Mhm. God, he's I'm so plays. cuz I I can never remember which twin it is. That's really racist. I think it's Dylan. Is it Dylan or is it Cole? I will search it up actually. How's it racist? They're the same person, copied and pasted. They're in appearance. I mean. Oh my god, you are racist. In appearance, you piece of shit. You're a piece of shit. How Fucking- can I be racist? They're beautifully Aryan. They're yeah, but you're saying they all look the same. Yes, I do think all twins look the same. Uh, ever heard of fraternal actually? Twins? That's not true. Fraternal twins. Yeah. Hell yeah! Told you you're wrong about some stuff. Okay. But, like, <laughs> God damn it! yeah, that's right. Fucking racist. It's Dylan. Yeah, Dylan. There you go. Dylan's pretty involved in the scene. Um, and, I mean, you know, it's it's just it's grown exponentially since the release of four. And I do think that four played a very large part in that, of course, because it's, you know, more competitive than Brawl, as we were saying. But 
I think that they would be really stupid to not lean more into that with five while trying to maintain Smash's identity. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they had like kind of like a bifurcated thing where they do have like the very arcadey option of like classic uh, Smash 4, Smash Brawl, really like floaty jump around, dick around time. And then they had like a different kind of game mode that was for the melee tryhards, you know? Mm hmm. Like, very input-reliant, uh, almost, well, not really exploiting, but, you know, like, just, just very timing-based rather than just being able to sneak a quick win as fucking Jigglypuff or some shit, you know? All that I'm saying, all that I'm saying, Jason, how many turnips does Fox have? Ah, uh, that's a good point. Yeah. Peach has infinite turnips. Yeah. Peach has turnips. Villager has turnips. Fox, fucking zero turnips. Well, as long as we're on the subject of food, why don't we move on to my buy, if you're cool with that? Dude, call me Justin Timberlake. Why would I ever call you that? Because I'm all about that buy, buy, buy. Dude, give it to me. <sighs> I'm just disappointed. Why? Nah, the why is for later. Anyways. <laughs> Sorry, dude. I just thought that we were more in sync than that. Can I Can I do this? Please? Please? I suppose. Really? Okay. I, okay, sit down, Austin. Close your eyes. I'm reel you okay. back around to 2005. Hot summer vacation afternoon. Nothing really interesting on TV until you go to the Food Network. Okay. And you see him. The man himself, Alton Brown. Oh, I love me some Alton Brown. Continue. Right? He's, he's showing you the proper way to actually give you the proper grilled cheese experience. Right? Oh, fuck. Yeah, I love all. Yeah, continue. He's technical. He's smooth. He's hilarious. And he lays oh, down I that can cheese. I see the cheese melting. I can see it melting. Continue. He, he lays down the cheese for you. Right across a piece of bread, puts oh another God, so piece close. of bread on top, and hands it over to you. Not before spraying a little bit of olive oil from his oh. dinosaur olive oil spray bottle. Oh, Alton, you dirty girl. Well, to me, I thought those days were over. I thought that Alton Brown would never bring back the lovely and homely show, Good Eats. He didn't. Oh, he did, actually. Oh, my God. So, admittingly, I am a bit late with this. This news was around 2017, so it's old news for some people, but... Hey, man, better old news than fake news, huh? Hey, you know me. I'm all about that gold news, you know? <gasps> bada bing, bada boom. Bada boom. But, I discovered this by... Reliving that same moment I had where I would look at Alton Brown's old grilled cheese, griddle cheese video again and mm -hmm. kind of look back on the old summer days. I, I love watching the show with my dad and stuff, and I, I, like, I like seeing it again, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I noticed that he uploaded a recent video. Well, recent as in a couple months ago. Uh-huh. As he has uploaded sparsely before. And in the trailer, 
he go he opens up a door it's like this decrepit kitchen with cobwebs all over it it's dirty but you could see some of his old like sock puppets and his old uh, dinosaur spray bottle covered in cobwebs and stuff and he opens a fridge and he nods and says it's time <sighs> and uh, I looked around and there is a news article by the Daily Meal which says Alton Brown says his new show Return of the Eats will debut on Food Network in 2018 and uh, I gotta say first of all food culture in general like you know the whole meme about taking pictures of your food and stuff as well as just like uh, people sharing recipes and such has really evolved over the years yeah most definitely like there are the gif recipes where it's made by tasty that you see on facebook all the time all the fucking time yeah right and then there's, like, so many other, like, food subreddits now. Uh, even their, like, shitty food subreddits, too. Shitty food memes, which are uh, hilarious to look at. Well, you gotta admit, f- this is gonna sound stupid because, you know, this is a fucking you know, need for human survival. But food culture has been blooming up pretty well. And I think that Alton Brown's entrance is only gonna make things even better. Oh, of course. No, I mean, Alton Brown's always been around the scene, though. Have you ever watched, like, Cutthroat Kitchen? Hell yeah, I do. I, I, I fucking I, love Cutthroat Kitchen. I watched someone fucking try to cook a steak with a flute. Like, oh my god, dude! My my, <laughs> my favorite was um, someone had to make soup with a fucking takoyaki pan. Oh no! Yeah, could you imagine? That's dude? I. That's unfortunate. Yeah. God. Oh lord. He he. I've seen him in that one show, too. Uh, the next Food Network star a couple years oh, ago. Oh, yeah. He's he's pretty much... If there's a show on Food Network, he's got his hands in it. Whether it's Iron Chef or, like, Chopped, Cutthroat Kitchen, this man is the new Renaissance chef. Not even chef, just the new Renaissance food critic. God, I wish you know? he had his hands on me. But go on. Oh. All right. Well, yes, we got the yeah. little... Getting a little Alton Red over here. Uh, um, a little. <sighs> Continue. <laughs> but yeah, this man just does nothing. He does nothing but improve, like cooking shows. Yeah, I've, he, he, he he like he just brings a certain air to it. You know, he, he's a very he's just a very fun guy. Yeah, he's charming. Yeah, he's really charming. Yeah, he's he's just so. Fun. Like he's he's so positive and knowledgeable about all this shit. Like even when he's just methodically dicking people down in Cutthroat Kitchen, it's just kind of like you know, oh, he's he's like a little guy. You know, he's a, he's a little fucking elf. Look at him go. Look at you, Alton Brown. I love you. You know, <laughs> call him an elf. He, he's a little elfish. Yeah, I'd assume he'd be an elf. That's that's yeah. actually a good point. Alf really fits him well. He's yeah. His humor is really his humor really gets me going though when it comes to watching his shows. Oh yeah, he's he's like even if he like tries to roast quote unquote someone, he like he's still very analytical about it and he's still clever. You know, he's it's not it's not blatant Gordon Ramsay. Nothing against Gordon Ramsay. I love the dude, but Mm -hmm. it's just blatant. Two very different styles. Yeah, he he's very clever with the way he says Mm -hmm. things. 
Exactly. And anything that he says is generally very, like, fact-based. And, you know, if he's, like, roasting someone for their dish, it's because their dish is roastable. But While also... Gordon Ramsay will, like, see that you cooked something bad, and he'll just, like, talk about how your mom's a piece of shit. <laughs> you know? Oh, God. I could never survive in Hell's Kitchen. I mean, I could... I couldn't survive in most kitchens, Jason. <laughs> Actually, I mean, you know what? If there was any plate... See, that's, that's something I don't understand. It's like people saying, oh, if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. Or you couldn't you couldn't survive in this kitchen. If there's any place where you can survive, it's a kitchen. It's like the one place that's built geared towards human survival, right? Uh... Like, I'm just saying, if, if you couldn't survive in the kitchen... Where can you survive? Because you need food and water, both of which are generally centralized in a kitchen. Hmm. Have I derailed you yet? Well, let me present this towards you, okay? Okay. I think that you would have a distinct advantage in a kitchen. What's that? You could reach the high cabinets. (laughs) Fuck you, Jason. (laughs) You can climb in the oven. How about that? (laughs) Huh. Oh, man. I mean, <laughs> would you rather be in Hell's Kitchen or Cutthroat Kitchen? Is is a question here. As a contestant or as someone a con- who a contestant, of course. Hmm. Verbal or mental abuse? Well, this uh... is assuming that it's only for one episode, right? Because Hell's Kitchen lasts for months. Uh, well, Cutthroat Kitchen is you there for one day max. Yeah, one episode. Yes. Okay. Uh, probably Cutthroat Kitchen to be honest. Then. Agreed. Yeah. Um, let me let me explain my position though. Okay. Go on. I'm not great at cooking. Me neither. Hell's Kitchen. You got people depending on you, and you have a British man whose job is to make insults, <laughs> just watching you. So you're gonna get nonstop yelled at. Cutthroat Kitchen. Only person you're fucking is yourself. Right there, it's an immediate win. You don't need anything else. But there are extra things, right? I could just never pay for anything. I could just take all of the fucking handicaps, right? And then I can be like, oh man, I'm normally such a good cook, but I just burnt this steak because you made me use ketchup instead of tomato paste. Whoops. You know, like, oh man. Like, it's just completely unrelated things happened because I was just thrown off my game. I don't know. Oh, shucks. Yeah, I cut myself on this onion because my soup stock is beef broth. You know, like, you know, I, I could just I have so many more excuses for my incompetence in, <laughs> in Cutthroat Kitchen. So that'd have to be my, my choice there. While I do agree with you, and that would be my choice, it's a trick question, Austin. Oh? Diners, drive-ins, and dives. Bam. Oh! Dude, I... The triple D with the Guy Fieri. Hell yeah. Oh. Dude, I'd be his wingman. We'd go everywhere, try some damn good food, and I get to leave. Oh, yeah, dude. In Hell's Kitchen, you never get to leave. You know they kill their contestants, right? Oh, of course. Yeah, that's the whole concept of the show. They uh, they execute each contestant in live TV, but only in a, only in the uh, British version of the show. I got to say, though, Guy Fieri, Fieri, yeah. Fieri, Fieri, sorry, Guy. He is a 
he can take his spicy food. I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. You know that show Hot Ones, right? I fucking love Hot Ones. And in Hot Ones, there's you, you tend to always just watch for their reactions and get to know the celebrity more, right? Oh, yeah. And how they, but most importantly, the gimmick of that show is how the celebrity reacts to uh, their wings. Oh, yeah. And it's fun to see like people freak out, like Terry Crews, Eric Andre, Hannibal Beerus, etc., etc., right? Yeah. Guy Fieri. And that man downed every wing, cleaned to the bone, cartilage and everything, without any milk, and he looked fine. God bless him, dude. I, uh, do you know Chili Klaus? I do not know Chili Klaus. Please tell me about he's, Chili He's Klaus. a guy, I think he's on YouTube or some shit, um, and he, like, does, he grows and taste tests really, like, nutty, spicy peppers. He was Ooh. also on Hot Ones. And so, like... They just, whenever, they, it's fun whenever they have contestants, or not, not even contestants, it's not a game show, but it almost is in a way. Uh, whenever they have guests who have, like, a background with spice, because they step it up on them hard. Really? Oh, yeah, and they get to watch it. If you can, it's, uh, find the Chili Klaus episode, because he's an interesting guy, um, but beyond that, they just go, like, nutty. Like, you know, usually they start out with, all right, your first wing has Tabasco sauce, can you handle it? And then for fucking chili cloths, like, all right, first wing, we're just going to go ahead and slather this bitch in ghost pepper. Let's get it. You know? Like, they just, they start off on fucking, like, you know, like, all right, if, if, if a first date is, you know, just kind of like getting to know someone, exchanging some pleasantries, maybe going in for a kiss if you feel comfortable, mm-hmm. they started this one off with, like, two months into the relationship. Jesus. You know? Like, like they, they went on that first date and just just went for it. Just shoved a tongue in his butthole, you know? And, I mean, he's a champ. Like, he, he took it, it being the, the, the spice and the peppers, not the tongue in the butthole. I mean, I, I don't know, man. After hours. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they never know what's going on when those cameras turn off. If 2017 taught us anything, it's that. One more thing. Yeah. Do you, don't you just just absolutely love the name of hot sauces? Oh, 100%, dude. Like, any any industry that promotes just ridiculous pun names is a great industry, in my opinion. That's why I'm such a major advocate for porn. I have... <laughs> I have two hot sauce name ideas, and I want you to rate them, okay? Give it to me. Here we go. One of them is going to be absolutely intense, terrible, and it might give you convulsions. Okay. Hit me. Yeah. I call it literally battery acid. Okay. What are the ingredients? <laughs> Chili pepper, sugar, water, battery acid. What? What's the balance of those ingredients, Jason? Uh. Okay, have you ever accidentally broke a Duracell battery? I mean, I haven't, but pretty much every goddamn remote that I need to work has. Yeah, but imagine if there are, like, a thousand remotes. Yeah? Yeah, that's how much battery acid is there. And how much how much chili and water? The other one is, uh... <laughs> what? The other one is, uh, slightly sweet at 
like at the end, but it it actually like bursts between two different types of spicy at the start, right? Mm-hmm. It's it seems it seems to like fight itself between like slow burn and fast burn, and then cools down to slow burn, then fast burn and stuff like that, right? Yeah, I'll call this one divorce with a side of hope. Ah. Uh. Yikes. That's, uh... I'll go ahead and guess that one tastes pretty fucking bitter. Eh. It's slightly sweet at the end. That's that's where the hope is. Yeah. Uh, other name for it is the Cuck and Chuck. Hmm. And, uh, Lisa, why did you leave me? Oh, Yeah. I've got a, this actually reminds me, I do have an idea for a hot sauce. Gilly. So it's, it's like a, it's a really fast burn, right? Okay. And then it's kind of a slow burn for a while after. Okay. And then it's uh, got a weird earthy taste at the end. Okay. Um, the ingredients would be kind of like, I mean, you know, it needs some kind of accelerant. A um, little bit of, a uh, little bit of tree bark. Some glass. I call it Paul Walker's Wild Ride. Ooh, that's uh, that's not good. I'm missing the reference. Paul Walker? Yes. Oh, the the guy who used to star in the Fast and Furious movies and then crashed his car into a tree and died in a fire. Now's a good time for our sponsors. As always, a little disclaimer. Our sponsors aren't necessarily all affiliated with Hitler. Nor are they all real. But they could be. Want to get your product out there? Don't necessarily want people to like that product? Because of who it's affiliated with? Where are you guys? Email us at 2 guys 2 buys one y at gmail.com This episode brought to you by The First Amendment The First Amendment of the United States Constitution making it so that we don't face execution in a majority of countries, which we definitely would. The First Amendment. Sometimes I tend to really forget what space and time I'm in right now. I have those moments where I'm eating dinner with some friends of mine, sitting at a table around each other, just having a great time, but then I look up and I start to astrally project into the screen. I hate it when that happens. In order to avoid that, I have to know what time of day it is, and what day of time it is. Nothing is permanent. Calendars. Know when's happening, and what's happening. Alabama. Reminding us since 1817 that, hey, things could always be worse. Alabama. Looking for a little bit of kick in that favorite dish of yours? Or just looking for another thrill to add to your little Sunday game night well to any meal or to any soup or to literally anything actually this hot sauce is right for you literally battery acid (laughs) now sold in local markets Costco and Radio Shack Brings us to our why. All right. Have I got a treat for you. 
Jason. Oh, what's up? As you had me do with Alton Brown. Okay. I want you to sit back and just close your eyes and imagine a world. Okay. I see it. Imagine you're walking through New York. Ooh. And all of a sudden you look up and you see something unfamiliar yet very familiar in the skyline. It's the Twin Towers still there. Now you realize you're in the early 2000s, late 90s. You look around, you see these people, many of them dressed like businessmen, a timeless look. But many of them dressed like complete fucking idiots because you're in the early 2000s, late 90s. Uh, A time when many things happen that we as a country and species are not proud of. I bring to you Limp Biscuit, Jason. Let me give you some background about Limp Biscuit. Oh, thank God. A classic rap rock group with a DJ, a la Linkin Park, but 30 times douchier and 0% emo. They're a group whose name literally means a game which frat boys play where they will jerk off onto a biscuit or a cookie or a digestive, depending on where you're from. And the last person to come, and they're all doing this simultaneously. This is a race, in case you don't get the concept of this. I see the concept. Just, yeah, yeah just, just, just pounding off all over this cookie. Uh, the last person to uh, to blow his load has to eat the cookie. This is the game that a group chose to name themselves after. Do you, th- you know what concerns me about that? What is that? The fact that that thing that you described has its own name, which suggests that people have done it enough to warrant a branding to it. Oh, yeah. No, most definitely. So uh, all that I'm saying, and this still holds true 20 years later, don't join a fraternity. If they ask you to play Limp Biscuit, walk away and do not eat cookies for the next three days. As they will become spoiled for you. I know it did for me. To give you an idea for what a douchey group they were, especially their frontman, Mr. Fred Durst, let me feed you some Limp Biscuit lyrics. Coming raw with no corrections, saving all perfections for what I do with my erections. That is purely artistic. What a renaissance man. Let me, let, me, let me read you this line that perfectly describes the kind of person he is. Okay. I remind you, this is a bald white man who wore backwards hats. Pay me no mind, I seen the fight club about 28 times, and I keep my pants sagging. Three thoughts. Zero relation between the three. Placed back to back in a way to describe himself. I mean, you could describe Limp Biscuit as that, in general. The activity, not the band. He's, uh, he's in the news again lately. Uh, he's been off the face of the earth for the past decade or so, with a few unfortunate things just popping up and reminding people of Fred Durst, which is just not a pleasant experience for anyone involved. Absolutely um, not. Oh, yeah. Uh, but he's in the news again lately, and it's uh, apparently he's been trying his hand at directing, directing film. Directing film. Really? Yes. Uh-huh. Not joking. So he's got, a, he's got a movie in the works with John Travolta attached. Uh. Uh. 
Yeah. Yeah, that that same John Travolta, the one who's uh, you know, got the uh weird massage and uh I don't know if I'm allowed to criticize this one. They might hunt us down. Um, let me just say that he had a controversy with the Schmerch of Schmein Schmology. And they are definitely not a schmult. It's the Church of Scientology. They're a cult. We're, we're going we're gonna to be sitting in our apartment, Austin. The one that we obviously share. Uh-huh. In, in, in Manhattan, where we live. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, no. Oh wait, that's Canada. Fuck. Um, no, 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 no. We're in Manhattan, in our oh, apartment yeah. together, sitting in the same room always on floor twenty nine. Mm-hmm. That's where we live all the time, forever. On Thirteenth and Eighth Avenue. Yeah. Go on though. Yeah. Um. So, John Travolta <laughs> is signed out of this movie. It is apparently it's going to be a thriller about a true story that Fred Durst had with an insane stalker, which is just so fucking funny to me that someone was such a passionate Limp Biscuit fan that they devoted their life to stalking Limp Biscuit. If you have never heard Limp Biscuit, all three of you listening, I beg you to look them up and listen to one song. And just tell me, do you listen to that song and do you think to yourself, these guys understand me. Like, I, I, I need to be with them. This is, this is a perspective to my life that I've been looking for. Like, no, bro. It's just, it's just like four white dudes playing instruments that shouldn't go together with one dude just shout rapping at you. Like, it's just not good. And, like, the, just everything about this is just so bizarre to me. That, like, for one, this man should not be allowed any recording devices ever again. Like, this should be something that we had decided as a species. That Fred Durst is just not allowed near this shit anymore. I mean, but like, to be fair, we could think about worse people, too, who deserve that fate. Uh, do you think Fred Durst is really the pinnacle of what's humanely terrible at, in the source, in, like, in the course of the music world, at least? Jason, I'm going to interrupt you right now. Okay. Because I just want to warn you. Okay. That if we keep going down this path, we're going to be averaging one Hitler debate an episode. I don't know if those are numbers you want to put up, because I will take it there. I mean, to be fair, to be fair, we want Hitler to be the artist. We don't want Durst to be the artist. That's true. If we focused on Hitler as an artist, maybe he wouldn't have gone down the dictator path, you know? Yeah. Oh my God, would Fred Durst been Hitler? I think he might have been. He he could have been. Could have been Hitler too. Sequel to Hitler. All the Holocaust uh, conversations that we don't need to have aside. Yes, Fred Durst is not the worst person to ever live. I'm sure he's just misunderstood. This man is not necessarily an artist. You know, like, okay, let me, let me, let me see if I can put this in context. He, he may not be talented, but like, he's trying enough to be not terrible, you know? Right, right. But we're talking about trying with a man who's not talented with a multi-million dollar budgeted item. 
Like, would you take the worst driver you know and put him behind the wheel of a fucking, like, exotic Italian car? Depends on what show I'm trying to run. <laughs> right, right, but that's the thing is that we're not watching Fred Durst make this movie. We're watching this movie that Fred Durst decides is a good movie that he made. And we've already listened to music that Fred Durst decided was good music that he made. And let me just say this right now. It is not. Well, what if he's like a star director, though? You think that he's like a savant? Yeah, he he might be. Like, you never know, dude. He could surprise us. We got... All right. I'll give you that. It's very possible. It's very possible that this dude is just a fucking, like... Just completely incompetent at everything, but then as soon as he touches the camera, he's fucking, like, Beethoven with a camera. Be real with me, though. I yeah. mean, you're going to watch it anyway, bad or good. I'm going to watch it, especially if it's bad. It's going to be ridiculous, I can promise you. John Travolta is, again, like, if you look at... The past, like, the past five news articles about John Travolta, or the past, like, five things that have come up in the news about John Travolta. Okay. None of them are good. None of them are good. Like, it's not like John Travolta donates money to hospital. John Travolta hugs a kitten. John Travolta has second kid. No, it's John Travolta cheated on wife. John Travolta getting divorced. John Travolta secretly, like, drugged a masseuse. John Travolta is involved in the Church of Scientology. This dude is uh, live, not in the best spot. We live in Manhattan, but uh, <laughs> you, he, he isn't in the best spot either. And anything can surprise you, though, at this fucking rate. Paddington 2 is I've, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, well, hang on. Don't you dare talk shit about Paddington. I'm not talking but, shit about Paddington. It's just no one expected Paddington 2 to get 100% fucking percent on Rotten you're Tomatoes. Right. You're right. This could but, be the Paddington 3 that we've all asked for. I've never watched Paddington 1 or 2. Is it good? I haven't watched them either. Uh, but <laughs> I am not talking shit about John Travolta. <laughs> I am talking shit about Fred Durst. You you literally did talk shit about John Travolta. I didn't talk I'm just saying that currently, career-wise, John Travolta is not... In a place where he can afford to be taking risks. I mean... If this were Will Smith, everyone loves Will Smith. That's why Will Smith can keep making shitty movies with his dumb son. Right? Because it's like, alright, well there's this shitty M. Night Shyamalan movie with a garbage story. And they just spent like $20 million to have fun together. But whatever, it's Will Smith. I still love the guy. Versus like... Who who is who's an actor that you fucking hate, Jason? Matthew McConaughey. If Matthew McConaughey were to go out there and make wait, a movie, wait, 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 wait. I don't hate Matthew McConaughey himself. I just hate how I can't ever understand him. Okay. Okay, no, but who's an actor that you hate? Who I absolutely hate? Yeah. Uh I'm gonna think about this one real quick. Yeah, okay. An actor that you hate who is in good movies all the time. Well, in movies that do well. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. I, okay. I hate... We live in Manhattan. We live in yeah. Manhattan. Um, well, we're just... We're going hard after the Church of Scientology today, We we? live in Manhattan. 
<laughs> we're going we're going clear today boys no but um i don't like him because i love sci-fi <laughs> movies but he's in every sci-fi movie okay so tom cruise right he has a responsibility to keep making good movies right because every movie that he makes is relatively good right even fucking mission impossible 17 or whichever one they're on right now which fuck are they still calling him impossible like they're shooting a hundred percent success rate mm-hmm. anyway he's not a bad actor too by the way I just like yeah him. no i know but if he were universally not universally but largely disliked a lot of people like him but you know in your eyes if tom cruise were to go out there and make just a on paper shit movie you know just just like a like a movie where let's just say like He's just like digging in his backyard and he finds like a frozen caveman or some shit. Or no, someone <laughs> digs in their backyard and they find a frozen Tom Cruise. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. And then it's just a movie about him as a caveman. Just like, you know, like learning what high school is like or whatever the fuck you want to like, you know, he have it be. He can't do normal people things. Yeah. <laughs> he can't. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you would just be looking at it, you'd be like, yeah, fuck you, Tom Cruise. You had this one coming. <laughs> and you'd enjoy him failing. Versus, like, you know, again, like, Will Smith. It's like, all right, yeah, I'm not a fan of this movie, but I still love you, Will Smith. You know, y- you give him a pass. Yeah. And it makes you be a bit less harsh on the movie. That's true. John Travolta has, like, systematically pissed off every group in the past five years. Including Scientology? Ah, uh, that's... I-, I-, I can't see inside the minds of the church of Scientology. We live in Manhattan. I can't imagine, I can't imagine that he's the best face for the organization, right? We live in Manhattan, but go on. Yeah, oh, of course, yeah. Um, he's just... He's just... I'm just going to end it by saying this movie is fucking ridiculous. It should not be happening. It is... Fred Durst, the front man of a insane clown posse-esque rap rock group, directing a film that he wrote also, which I am 80% sure is just crayon on, like, fucking chicken grease-stained paper. It's not even on paper. I'm pretty sure it's, like, on those, uh, those, like, color books at restaurants, dude. <laughs> yeah, the fucking, the, the kids' menus. Yeah, the kids' menu yeah. color books, dude. Come on. Yeah. Like, he's just sitting there, like, at the table, like, fucking holding the crayon with the whole hand, just, like, scribbling out some words. And, like, his manager's like, what you working on there, champ? And he's like, I like pussy. Like, you know, just sitting there, just scribbling away. And he, he has written and is directing this film, starring a man who has pretty much burned every public bridge that he has. He went from being, oh, that's the guy from Greece. I love those songs. Me and my kids watch it all the time, to I drugged and raped a male masseuse while I, you know, was cheating on my wife as a Scientologist. You know? <laughs> oh, fuck. Go on. It's, uh, he's not in the best place right now to be taking those risks. So I think this movie should not be happening as a who the fuck let Fred Durst access letters. And uh, why the fuck are we signing on John Travolta for a movie that is a risk to begin with? Perspective. Let me let me try to present this to you, Austin. Okay, let's hear it, Dave. Instead of Fred Durst's original premise, you know what I think it's going to be? 
I swear to God, Jason, you stay Encino, man. <laughs> so we we've already we already hit our Encino head quota for today. <laughs> okay, okay. Earlier. Okay. No, 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 no. Um, what what happens if it's a brilliant movie? Like what what happens if this if this becomes like the center of cinema for the future? Like I, this is it's just a if, surreal thought to me. It's because like, okay, th- th- think I, about think about it real quick. Okay. Okay. There have been a lot of efforts to make like a godly, you know, movie that stays on everyone's mind that hasn't been a franchise, right? Uh huh. I'm, I'm saying that yes, Star Wars and stuff or had a lot of people watch it and it's good, but uh, yeah, you know, it's a franchise. People are gonna watch it because it's Star Wars, you know. Of course, yeah. There are like legendary standalone movies that are out there, Paddington too, that have uh, well, you know. It's, it's, it's a sequel. Bless the... Oh, you're right. It is a franchise. So that doesn't count exactly. <laughs> but, uh... And, you know, the Marvel movies, too, don't really count either, right? Yeah. I We've got The Shape of Water, just one best picture. Yeah, Sh- Shape of Water. Like, what, what if this is the next Shape of Water is the thing? I, you know what? Honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. Okay. I would not be giving this argument the time of day if you were making it two weeks ago. Or even one week ago. Of course. But one week ago, Kobe Bryant had not yet won an Oscar. Hmm. We now live in post-Kobe Bryant won an Oscar world. And I think that we can't dismiss that possibility. That Kobe Bryant will have, you know, that, that, that Fre- Fred Durst could be the next Kobe Bryant in terms of uh, directing film. That was a sentence you just said. Yeah, I know. And that's, that's what I'm saying. We have a world where we can say, I think Fred Durst might be the next Kobe Bryant of film directing. And it is not something that will get you put away. On a more serious transition, too, uh, there was literally a movie made after one of the worst, best worst movies of all time, The Room. That's true. Like, That's true. I, I feel like that Hollywood has been kind of digressing into this cookie cutter Marvel movie stuff and other than shape of the water and a few other like solo movies that try to push the boundaries there isn't one that has been crazy enough until fred durst becoming kobe bryant with john travolta you know the the comeback story for the ages dude yeah it's like it's it's so crazy it might work is what i'm thinking like it's like this is the it's like it's like in every shitty anime ever, where the odds are always stacked against them, but then fucking Fred Uchiha comes out of nowhere to, like, to you know say yeah. You, you think like you see you see what's on paper in front of you, and you're like, there's no fucking way. Like this dude's been frozen for thousands of years. Yeah, there's no way he's gonna come to life. Yeah, there's no way. But, but lo and behold, you see him, and he can't do real people things. He can't do normal people things. It's hilarious. It's absolutely like. It, it could it could catch us all off guard, you know. Oh yeah, I fucking hate Encino Man. Fuck you, Jason. Have you watched Encino Man? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was alright. Piece of shit. This is over. This is done. All right. Well, that just about does it for uh, TG Tebow here. Thank you for sticking with us for the second episode, which was profoundly worse in content than the last one. Somehow. Oh, most. Definitely, yeah. I don't know how we pulled that one off, but you know what? It's a mission. We're gonna stick to it, and we will keep on. What's the What's the opposite of improving? 
going downhill. Yeah, but there's got to be a single word for it, right? Worsening. I, I guess it just sounds sloppy. Rotting. Deproving. Deproving. Let me actually search it up. I got it. Yeah. Oh, you got it. Uh, I'm googling now. Improving antonym. Oh, thanks, Google, for giving me the definition of improving. They advertised antonyms on the web. Oh, there we go. Decline. Yeah. Yeah, our quality will probably decline. Or diminish. There we go. Yeah, our quality is definitely going to diminish or deteriorate. Depress. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely going to depress me. Dude, retrogress. I like that word. Ooh. All right. That being said, I'm going to end this with the words of a very, very wise man. Go on. Because <clears throat> now it's time to pay the piper. Bums are the type of shit that's in a diaper. Don't make me have to call a sniper. And wipe your brains off my windshield wiper, you dirty bug. The words of a legendary director in the making. Thanks for joining us here in this episode of Two Guys, Two Buys, and One Why. I'm Jason Clinton. I'm Austin Clinton. No relation. No relation. And again, we did not have sexual relations with that woman. See you next time. Later. Later.